today on It's Time. If you're in the belly of a fish right now, I just would invite you to repent. God wants to bless you. I hear the calling, it's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the Old Testament book of Jonah. So, turn there in your Bible and follow along as we join Pastor Mike. likened himself to as an Old Testament prophet. So it's kind of an interesting book. It's the most New Testament-like Old Testament book and focuses on evangelism. Let's pray. Father, as we go to your word this morning, thank you for it. We ask you now that your Holy Spirit would speak to us through it. Remind us, God, of you being preeminent in our lives. And again, God, as we look at these words, may we not just look at like, well, Jonah's a long way far away, but Lord, we can realize that we can be just like him if we don't walk in your love and walk in your spirit. So we ask you now that you would just cause us, cause this word to come alive in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Jonah chapter one. We remember As we started off the book, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. And the word of the Lord comes to all of us. I'm I'm amazed how the word of the Lord comes to us sometimes. Sometimes the word of the Lord comes to us through circumstances. Sometimes it comes through fear. Sometimes it comes from divine revelation. But no matter how God speaks to us, the general response when God speaks to us, a lot of the time is not to do what God says. Now, I know we all want to think we're more spiritual than we are, but generally speaking, Jonah was an Old Testament prophet who knew the scriptures well. How do we know that? Well, when we find chapter two that we're going to get into today, he reminisces and he repeats a lot of what is in the Psalms. Jonah was no stranger to scripture and he knew what God wanted. He knew he wanted to reach out to the Ninevites, the Gentiles, the probably the most wicked nation on earth for their cruelty and the way they treated people. And when God probably told Jonah he wanted to destroy him, I imagine Jonah said, yeah. But God told him to go tell him to repent. Jonah didn't want to go. How many times has God told you and me things to go do and we don't want to do it? Again, I always read sometimes the Bible, and and it's like them and me, you know. Well, when you really study the Scripture, you realize it's us. Because in general, we don't always want to do what God wants us to do. This is what causes uh, so much of the backsliding that we hear about. And again, what God's heart is, is that we'd be aligned with his purposes. We'd be about our Father's will. And that's why when Jesus taught the disciples to pray, and he said this, when you pray, pray in this manner, or pray like this, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It's a conscious surrendering our will to God to have his kingdom come here on this earth. It's already being done in heaven. I don't know if you've 
looked around lately, but it doesn't seem like it's being done very much here on this earth. And that's why we're still here. We're his representatives and we're the Jonas of today, going out and telling the heathen to repent. Now again, the word of the Lord comes to you. Now we talked about this a little bit last week, but when you feel an unction sometimes in a supermarket crowd of people waiting in line at the supermarket or whatever it might be, and you feel an unction about talking to somebody about the Lord behind you, it isn't that they glow in the dark necessarily or all of a sudden, you know, they're vibrating. It, it's just an unction where you feel the word of the Lord comes to you. Hey, I need to say something to this guy. Now, how do you know whether it's God, you or the devil? First of all, I know this. The devil doesn't tell Christians to go pray for somebody. He wants, in fact, you not to pray and he doesn't want you to pray for anybody else. So we know it ain't the devil. Number two, is it me? Well, by nature, we're selfish. And I know by nature, it's not my business to go poke around in somebody else's business. So if I feel that, like, for instance, God's saying, hey, you know that person behind you, I ought to talk to him. Well, I don't want to talk to him. How do I know that's not the devil telling me to talk to him? Well, first of all, again, the devil doesn't want you to talk to him. And second of all, it's not in our nature to talk to him either. Hey, I'm into my own thing. Don't bother me. Hey, you know, I saw the magazine, self, me, I, all that kind of stuff. I, 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 I don't need that. So then I got to conclude that it's probably God. The word of the Lord comes to us in different ways and speaks to us. And when we find that, I believe, friends, this is really the catalyst and the heart of revival. I really do believe that. Because again, in 21st century America, we get into our religion. And most people today have churchianity. They don't have Christianity. I've talked to so many Christians. I mean, literally hundreds. Well, maybe not hundreds. Well, yeah, probably at least hundreds of people. And I've talked to them about God. And I find that when I really get down to it, they have a knowledge of Christ. They may have asked Christ to forgive their sins. But basically what they've embraced now is churchianity. That's what they have. I, I have my thing, I fit in my club, I, I fit in my, you know, in the place where they have for me. And really, there's not a lot of inspiration that goes on by the Holy Spirit. Well, we remember that uh, Jonah goes down, uses his money, buys a ticket to Tarshish. That's the furthest, most known away place you could go. And, and he gets on the boat, and as he leaves, we remember the sea came up. Everybody is, is scrambling for their life. Jonah is asleep down in the belly of the boat. The captain of the ship comes down and says, Hey, arise, old sleeper. You better call in your gods, because we're going down. And so the Bible tells us that they were throwing the goods off the ship, trying to lighten it up to keep it from sinking. And Jonah comes up and says... Uh, the lot fell on me, and the reason why is I'm running from God. Now, first of all, I can imagine these sailors going, you have a God that is this into you, that all this would come about? He said, yeah, just throw me overboard and everything will be fine. Well, they didn't really want to do it, but they did it anyway. And the Bible says the storm stopped. Jonah's in the water. Now, I'm sure at this point, probably Jonah thought, it's all over. This is how you die. I don't know if you, have you ever been in this is how you die moment in your life? I have been there 
where this is how you die moment. Maybe it's when you're driving down the road in your car and you get on the ice. This happened to me. You get on the ice. You flip around backwards several times. And then you, on the, on the crown of the road, you, you get over there and you start feeling the car going like this. And you know it's not going to stop. And I'm going, this is how you die. And I rolled before. And so, yeah, I, I, I look at that and I go, this, we all have those, this is how you die moment. Well, I think Jonah had that. He didn't know a fish was going to swallow him up. But all he knew was to preserve the life of these guys, he had to go overboard. Now, one of the things we find, he's thrown into the sea. And by the way, water in the Bible was always used to separate, whether the priests would wash their hands as they would uh, begin their priestly functions, whether God used water to separate the land masses, whether God would separate the water from the earth with water. God used water to separate. It's interesting, God uses water in baptism to separate us from our past. Not to forgive our sins, but to separate us from our past. Remember the children of Israel. They go through the Red Sea. Pharaoh's army's coming behind them. And the Red Sea covers over Pharaoh's army. Water separated them from their slavery. By the way, as they went into the Jordan River, water separated them from their wilderness journey as well. Water separates through the Bible. Well, we find Jonah in the water. Now the Bible says in verse 17, this is where we'll pick up the story, verse one, uh, chapter 1, verse 17, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. I don't think this was just a whale necessarily or a, a, a white shark or something like that. I think this was probably a God-built special fish. God does that. But even if he would have used a regular, like let's say whale, the Bible never says it was a whale. I, I think that's kind of interesting. It says it was a great fish. What kind of a fish was it? I don't know. But the Bible says he prepared. I, I, I went and printed off a couple things here. There was a guy named James Bartley, 1896, that claims that he was swallowed by a, 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 a fish, a whale, and he cruised around in it for a day or two, and finally the fish died, and he, he was found alive inside the fish. There are those that doubt that, whether that's a true story. Another one, uh, this guy here, Luigi, this was earlier in 2016, 56-year-old Spanish fisherman Luigi went through a nightmarish experience. He was swallowed whole by a whale, presumed dead by all who knew him, but he returned three days later to tell the tale. After a routine fishing trip went sour, hitting stormy weather, Luigi was thrown overboard into turbulent sea. Once the weather had calmed, the Coast Guards tried to locate him for a number of days, searching huge areas of the ocean. However, in the end, he was believed to be dead and devastated wife was informed. He disappeared for several days before turning to, the, to share his tale of survival. Unbelievably, after three days, Luigi returned home with a whopper of a story. Which, is, which he shared with his family, friends, and local newspaper. It was the most frightening thing I have ever lived through, Luigi said. Told reporters who caught wind of his stories quickly after he returned home to his very surprised wife, and when they asked him to describe what it was like in the belly of the whale, he went on to explain, everything was pitch black. It was shivering cold. The only things that kept me alive were the raw fish I ate and the light from my waterproof watch. For 72 hours, 
Luigi did what he had to do to survive, eating only which had been swallowed by the fish. Unfortunately, this also meant he was living surrounded by the contents of the whale's stomach. He says, I'll never forget the horrible stench and the putrid decomposition. I had to wash for three days before I could get the odor to go away. Interesting story. Is it possible for a person to be swallowed by something? Well, they actually say that actually um, it's not uncommon for a, a whale to swallow one of the giant squids. So is this possible? Yeah, I, I think it could probably be proof. These aren't the only two stories of this. There's other stories that have, been, that have surfaced. Jonah gets swallowed up. Now, there's a lot here we want to look at. Between verse 17 and verse 1 of chapter 2 was probably three days. Now, you say, why is that? Well, because it's when Jonah repents, cries out to God, that God speaks to the fish, and the fish ralphs him out on the beach, okay? Now, what's amazing here is how long do you have to cruise around in the belly of a stinky fish until we repent. Now, I have found wisdom says repent quickly. If you ever find yourself taking a stride from the master's side, repent quickly. The longer you wait, the more you endure. The more stink you live in. Well, it tells us here. The Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, by the way, Jesus likens himself again to Jonah and said, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the fish, so will the Son of Man be in the earth. Speaking of uh, that time between when he was crucified and the time that he rose from the dead. Now, verse 1 of chapter 2, it says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly. I like this. There's never a place any of us go that God is not there. I, I, I like that. We, we used to play a song on the effect called Pray Where You Are. And uh, I always like that song because it's really true. There's never a place we go to get out of God's presence. In the book of Psalms, David says, if I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I go into Sheol or hell, you're there. Where can I go to get out of your presence? And so we realize that God is everywhere and there's no place that we go that he's not. Now, he says that he prayed to the Lord his God. Three days later, mind you, he finally prays, okay? He must have been a stubborn guy. Why in the world would you wait so long to begin to pray? Because right at the end of his prayer is when he gets ralphed out on the beach. If you're in the belly of a fish right now, something surrounded you you don't like, I just would invite you to repent. You say, Mike, that sounds so Christianese. What does that mean? That means turn 180 degrees from the way you've been walking and walk the other way. Why is that? Well, because of this. God wants to bless you. You have a God that loves you. God does not need to be appeased by our incense burning or by our clothes or any works that we might do. He was appeased with what Jesus Christ did on the cross. God loves you and me, wants to bless us, the question is, are we in a place where God can bless us? I think that's important 
Because when it's when we align our will with God's will, that is when we begin to fully understand the blessedness of belonging to God. So Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly. So he's in this uh, underwater Hilton, cruising around. And this is what he said. I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answers me. It wasn't, I hope he answers me. He knew he answered him. Now, I, I, I like that. That's a little bit of stepping out in faith. That's where he says, well, I recognize I got a real problem here. I'm praying, but I know God's going to do something for me. Now, notice it says, out of the belly of hell, I cried. I possibly could imagine that maybe Jonah thought he was dead. Maybe he just thought, oh, this is it. I'm dead. This is eternal existence in a stinky fish cruising around in the ocean. I'm dead. Um, I, think, I think it was uh, Abraham Lincoln one time during the Civil War. I remember uh, reading one of his speeches and he said, if there's a place lower than hell, I'm in it. That doesn't always sound like something that a president would say, but when you have a country torn in two, certainly Abraham Lincoln felt that pressure. Well, this is where Jonah cries out. Maybe he thought he was dead. I cried out from Sheol, I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surround me. All your billows, all your waves passed me over, and I have been cast out of your sight. Yet I will look again towards your holy temple. Again, this is out of Psalms chapter 31. Jonah was very familiar with God. He was very familiar with the things concerning who God is. Um, in other words, he wasn't a, uh, just somebody that had no concept of who God was, go preach to Nineveh, but he was a person who knew God. And again, for a Jewish boy to go to a Gentile city and tell them to repent was so far out of the league of the general mindset of Jewish people in those days, and even at the time of Jesus, that they were considered filthy dogs. You don't talk to Gentiles. And now Jonah was told by God to go tell them to repent. Well, notice it says, he said, I'll look towards again to your holy temple. You know, in those days, that is how the children of Israel, unfortunately, related to God, was through a temple. Now, whenever we take something spiritual and make it a building or an icon or a statue, it shows a lack or a deterioration of faith. In other words, I don't need... A crucifix, as an example, to remind me that Jesus died on the cross for me. Why is that? Because he lives in my heart. And I think a lot of times when we do these things, it's not necessarily saying it's bad, but I think a lot of times what it does is it causes us to focus upon this. This is why the Bible tells us in one of the Ten Commandments not to make any graven images. Why is that? Because we begin to identify God with what we made. And God's far greater than anything you and me can make. 
So he wants us to refocus then upon who he is. And whenever I have to turn to material things to remind me of my spiritual relationship with God, it shows a deterioration in my relationship with him. So he says, I turn towards the temple. Now, what's really amazing is we find in the New Testament that you, me, were the temple of the Holy Spirit. Why is that? Because God lives within us. It's not a building where we go check God out. Oh, God, nice place here. But God, we come to you no matter where we're at. That's why the Bible says we're two or more gathered in his name. There he is in the midst. Not whether it's in a building or not, but rather or not whether you're there. Otherwise, if it's just you, it's a personal relationship. Two or three more gathered, that is basically a fellowship time. So he says, I'll look towards the temple. Now again, in this that we find in verse 5, the waters encompass me, even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds wrapped around my head. Seaweeds, probably. I went down into the moorings of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you brought me up my life from the pit, O Lord, my God. We find Jonah here really just wrestling with the whole, am I going to live, am I going to die? He, I don't think he knew at this point. He lived long enough for this to be recorded for us, that he wrote it down, what he said, in that belly of a fish. And he says, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. Isn't that funny? Sometimes it's, that's when we finally go, oh yeah, I forgot God in my plans. And my prayer went up to you, into your holy temple. Oh, that temple. Not the temple built in Jerusalem, but a temple that is heaven, a place where the Bible says we will dwell with the Lord forever. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. Literally, they are observing vain vanities. Uh, These things that that people uh, put so much hope in, Um, in the world without God lets them down. You know, it's really funny how people trust in different things to get them through something. When they got a big bad problem, they, you know, will turn to their Ouija board or they'll call all their friends or they'll, you know, look at their astrological chart to find out that guidance that I need. And and you ever look at some of the goofy stuff that's in an astrological chart? It's pretty silly, really. You know, you're a Scorpio. Don't make any bad business deals today. Okay, I'll save that for tomorrow. Don't hang out with bad people. Okay, I'll do that one next week. See, the problem is we get this idea that this is some kind of great wisdom. Well, there is a wisdom of the world, and the Bible says it's foolishness to those that believe. Why? Because they are turning to a dead source for inspirational living for a living creation, which is you. That's why the Bible says his word is alive and sharper than any two-edged sword. God's word will tell you what to do. I need to spend a little time reading it. Because God's word comes alive and it will speak to you concerning the issues of your life. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, 
you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.